0: Hello, and before we get started with this week's episode of Rising as One podcast, we'd like to thank our partners, Firebird Rising, The Beautiful Game Network, and Oral Brewing Company. You can check out Firebird Rising on the web at firebirdrising.corair, that's K-O-R-R-A-I-R.com, The Beautiful Game Network at bgn.fm, and Oral Brewing Company is located in downtown Mesa, so if you're out in the East Valley, go check them out, and remember to use the code word RISING after any Phoenix Rising win for happy hour pricing we would also like to thank our listeners for the continued support. If you enjoy this podcast, please do us a favor and leave us some feedback on iTunes or drop us a line on Twitter at Rising Pod. Let's get to the show. <laughs> Hello and welcome to this week's edition of Rising as One Podcast. Phoenix Rising extended their unbeaten streak to eight matches last night after a big win against first place Real Monarchs. Phoenix Rising has now won four of the last five matches and are in the best form of all of USL. It was an interesting match to say the least in terms of officiating, but Phoenix Rising, unlike the referees, were able to maintain control of the game. Phoenix picked up three points in their push to secure their playoff position, Phoenix Rising goes on the road for the next four matches before finishing up the season here at home. Before we get into this week's episode, I wanted to let the listeners know that next week, Dominic and Jeff will be doing a live podcast following Sunday afternoon's match. So after you finish watching uh, Phoenix Rising beat Seattle Sounders, make sure you uh, tune in and you know throw some questions out to Dominic and Jeff you had about the match or just any general questions, and they'll answer them live on the podcast If you're unable to catch a live podcast, don't worry about it. We'll still record that audio and uh, make that available for download. Just stay tuned to our Twitter account at RisingPod for more information on how to access this live podcast. We'll also post some information on our Facebook page. Now, let's get back to this episode. Jeff will provide a breakdown of last night's win against Real Monarchs. We previewed two upcoming away matches this week. Uh, Jeff and Dominic will discuss scores from around the league. And I'll give you guys some updates on the current USL Western Conference standings. I'm your co-host, Matt Trainer, joined here today by co-host Dominic Kearns and Jeff Went. Guys, what's up? It's a great day. Another three points,
1: and we're soaring up the standings. It still says we're in seventh place, but they're even doing better than what I was predicting a few weeks back, saying we'd get to 51. We still have seven matches left, and we're already at 40 points. So it's good to be a Phoenix Rising fan on this fine Sunday.
2: Yeah, it is a great day to be a Phoenix Rising fan. I mean, you couldn't ask for a better situation than what we saw last night. Uh, wonderful play by the boys. Wonderful uh, crowd support last night. You know, and as we send the as we send the boys off on a big road trip, uh, three huge points against uh, one of the top teams in the Western Conference that uh, I think really makes a statement as we go forward to, to finishing this season and uh, looking forward towards a playoff berth.
0: Um, Jeff, do you want to go ahead and take us into the highlights for the win against uh, Real Monarchs last night?
2: Yeah, let's get into last night's uh, win over Real Monarchs. Uh, some interesting changes in the lineup. Uh, some uh, necessitated by injury. Uh, others just uh, necessitated basically because of the three games in seven day uh, three three games in seven days last week that they played. Uh, obviously, Peter Ramage was injured and out. Sean Wright Phillips was injured and out. Uh, so you saw the introduction of uh, uh, Sam Hamilton into the lineup as a, as a defensive midfielder. Uh, you saw Duigi Mala playing on the back four, along with Vasquez Stewart and Cody Wakasa. Uh, you saw the, the introduction of Gladstone uh, in into Sean Wright Phillips spot in the center of the midfield. Uh, saw Chris Cortez start up top. and We'll talk about uh, uh, Didier Drogba's uh, token appearance later on uh, in the in the recap but uh what what a great way to jump out on this on the starting uh minutes of this match uh you know get the ball on a on a turnover and and Regi fires a shot just wide in the second minute um interesting that Gladstone Awako picks up a yellow card in the fourth minute you know I thought watching that play and I've gone back and looked at it a couple more times he clearly got the ball first uh I'm guessing the referee was looking at at a it, that it was just a hard uh, physical challenge. I mean, I, I can't see any other reason other than that to give a yellow. But you know, there's the, like we say, like we said in the intro, this referee was definitely interesting last night. We'll, we'll talk more about what uh, he could or should have done, you know, later in the match. But uh, you know talk about a play that we're going to talk about here for a little bit between the three of us before we move into to later highlights the first half total turnover by by real monarchs and rigi picks it up and goes on a two-on-oh with gladson Awako in on connor sparrow and boy we were all hoping the pass was coming it didn't come alessandro rigi takes the shot sparrow gets a save uh I think that would have just energized the crowd after that fifth minute. What do you guys think?
1: I mean, that's that's just a crazy non-pass, though. I mean, great for Rigi to win the ball, get in that spot. But you have this new guy, Gladson Owako, who hasn't scored for us yet, uh, does a great job to get in a perfect spot. And really, all you have to do is just pass the ball to Gladson Owako for him to roll the ball in the net. The keeper can't be in two places at once, so he committed to Rigi's side. I mean, I think Rigi hasn't scored in a little bit. He hasn't scored since the Los Dose game back in early August. So maybe he wanted to get on the score sheet. He's had a couple of glorious chances that have missed in the last couple of weeks. But you got to make the unselfish play there and pass it off. And I think that was one moment where everyone in the stadium was just in disbelief after that.
2: Yeah, I mean, quite interesting. But, you know... We saw a lot of that kind of play in the first half from Real Monarchs, where they just were making mistakes in the back and in the midfield, just weren't making the connections, and Phoenix was jumping on the ball right away. I mean, it was quite interesting to see how that was playing out for most of the first half.
1: Absolutely, and uh, one thing that should be mentioned, too, um, Connor Sparrow still made a very good save on that play. He reached out with his right foot, and he just got his toe on the ball to knock it away from the goal. Um, and he was really the only reason that they were able to hold us off as long as they were, because like you were saying, everyone else on Monarchs was giving the ball away pretty badly. So,
2: I mean, for, for a team that's, that's top of the Western conference playing the way they are, I mean, what we saw last night just does, does not look like the form that Real Monarchs had earlier in the season, you know, take, take taking advantage of, of, of teams. But last night just looked. They looked all out of sorts, and I mean, they weren't coming off an early week or anything, which was very surprising. So, but you know, you kept seeing turnovers, you kept seeing turnovers, and, and Phoenix Rising taking advantage of those turnovers. Obviously, you know, the biggest one coming in the 29th minute, uh, take advantage of another turnover, forces a corner kick. Uh, Lambert gets a on the gets a header on it. Uh, Sparrow makes a great save. Finds the feet of Sam Hamilton, and, and Sam Hamilton slots at home, one nothing lead for the boys. I mean, just a, a picture-perfect play there. Everybody's in the right place at the right time. I love Connor Sparrow trying to say there was an offside when it wasn't even close with two guys sitting on the goal line itself uh, in defense. So, uh, uh, you know, a great play all around by the guys and a great play by Sam Hamilton to be where he was at the right time right
0: place. I'm glad that wasn't a uh, repeat of last week where the ball hit the post twice, kind of in that same area. It was nice to see him just put that one to the back of the net. So That's a good call. I was definitely
1: getting flashbacks <laughs> as it was bouncing around there. because, I mean, it took three, t- three chances for it to finally go in, because Sparrow first made a good save on, on the header, and then there was even another ball poked in that he got a piece of, but then, thankfully, Sam tucks it inside the post. But this I think goes back more to Jeff's point. What on earth is Monarchs doing on that set piece? How do you give Dia a free header like that? There was no one within two yards of him on any side. And then not only that, but to not clear your lines and not help your keeper out at all. This doesn't look like the team we saw earlier in the season. Apparently they've had some trouble on set pieces the last month or so and it reared its ugly head for them. But you know what? We will gladly take it. Big first goal for Sam Hamilton with Phoenix rising too.
2: Yeah, definitely a big first goal. And obviously the rest of the first half plays out pretty much the same way the front half of the first half plays out. Real Monarchs continually continually making mistakes in the back half of their their formation, giving up balls and Phoenix rising, taking advantage of the play and going with it. No chances on net for Salt Lake in the first half. I mean, great defensive effort by the boys. Going to the locker room up one nothing at the half. I mean, you couldn't have asked for a you couldn't have asked for a better forty-five minutes from the boys than what they gave, you know, not allowing a shot. I mean, for for Josh not having to have to do very much, that's that's definitely key. And you can see that that we're really starting to see the defensive mentality that Patrice Carterone brought in from the beginning. It's taken a while. Guys, I mean, it's really taken hold now.
1: Yeah, it's it's a day and night from where we were early in the season. Um, the continuity that the people play with, and it doesn't even matter who's in the lineup. I mean, last night you saw Ramage get a break because we've had to play so many games. We're going to be playing so many games. And so duigi Mala just comes right into his spot at center back and looks like a natural out there. I mean, Wakasa and Vasquez are looking so much better than they were early in the season from you know being some occasional liabilities to really being like among the better uh, wingbacks in USL yeah what can you say other than Patrice has gotten his system in and it's great
0: to watch yeah it's definitely nice to have that solid back line after a little bit of a rough start to the season. Um Another one there is, uh, Stewart. I mean, he stepped up really big again last night. He's, he's been, um, pretty clutch for us the past, what, three or four weeks since he came back from injury.
2: Yeah. And I would, I would not be surprised if, you know, you look at a, at a Jordan Stewart, a Victor Vasquez, uh, you know, maybe, maybe even, you know, Hamilton himself at least get somewhat of a look at USL team of the week honors. Cause I mean, the way they all played last night, you know, Stewart was a beast on that back line. I mean, you could not have asked for a, a more solid game from him. It's one of his better games that he's played all season long, in in my opinion. So we get into the second half of, of play, and, and not much happening in the first 15 to 20 minutes. Um, uh, you know, the, the giveaways continue, and in the 60th, you know, Chris Cortez counters and, and gets a shot that goes just over the top. Uh, then Lambert, two minutes later, makes a steal, gets a great counter, and turns it to Cortez, But it, it gets over the top again. But you could just see the theme reoccurring as, as we keep going. They're, they're making mistakes and making more mistakes and making more mistakes. 69th minute, a free kick. Mala almost gets on the end of a of great free kick uh, from Alessandro Rigi that gets knocked out for a corner. And we see uh, Jason Johnson come in in the seventy-first, and boy does he make an immediate impact. Two minutes later, guys, what a great play by Gladson Owako and Cody Wakasa to start this play. A great one-two out on the out on the right flank. Gets Wakasa gets it back, throws in a perfect cross. Jason Johnson has to be right place, right time. He is knocks it past Connor Sparrow, doubles the lead two nil. I mean, that was just a great play all around by all those guys making it work.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, Waco getting involved in the attack. And then at first glance, it was tough to see because it happened so fast. So I had to go back and watch the replay. But what a ball from Wakasa. And then um, Johnson, doing what he's been doing all summer, beats his man to the spot, puts it in with a quality, quality one-touch finish. I mean... That's Those are the kinds of goals. I mean, we, we've started to take it for granted lately, but uh, it's important to always refresh your memory and say, man, look at how far Jason Johnson has come since April. Look at how far Wakasa's has come since April. Uh, look at how much more depth we have. Guys like a Waco can come in. They're not even regular starters, but when they come in, they just deliver like that. And uh, at that point, you're
0: 100% confident that we're going to walk out with the win. Yeah, with uh Jason Johnson coming back out, out there. Um how how much fun is it to watch him play? He's just so energetic. He's always, you know, he's a playmaker. He's always uh creating chances. He he took uh, I'm sure Jeff will get into this. He took a few other shots afterwards that, you know, weren't as as close um on target, but you know, he's taking shots nonetheless and just kind of amping everybody up. So I, I just love watching him out there on the field.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um so let's get it let's let, let's get into the later minutes of this match. Yeah first real opportunity of the match for real monarchs minute 76 i mean it's amazing that we're talking a first chance this late in a match against these guys uh you know uh, daniel haber tries to get a shot off uh, jordan stewart right place right time blocks a shot doesn't even get to cohen knocks it out for a corner then an interesting moment that, like I said, this is one of those refereeing moments where we're all kind of sitting there looking at each other like, huh, uh, 83rd minute, Amadou Dia, Sebastian Velasquez, uh, head-to-head, right at midfield. Velasquez gets a hand in the face of Amadou Dia, pushing, shoving, a lot of people coming in, and all of a sudden, referees walking around, and doesn't issue a card. I shocked. Shocked is the only word I can use there. Especially when you got a hand to the face going up. I mean, you had you had the AR come over and talk to the ref. I was shocked that the, that he didn't even talk to the fourth official because it happened right in front of the fourth official. I mean, this one was a shock to me, and I guarantee you, if VAR was used in the match last night, I'm, I'm almost positive Velasquez would have picked up a red card.
0: Yeah, I agree there. He, I mean, he, it seemed like he lost control of the match, especially there towards the end. And, um, you know, I read some other comments that, uh, the assistant referee, you know, were trying throughout the match, trying to get the attention of the head referee for some, you know, um, missed calls or to call offside. And was, he was just ignoring them, not turning around. We also saw the situation where we are trying to do a substitute and he wouldn't turn around to acknowledge that so it just was very odd officiating last night i thought yeah and and unforgivable for them to not give a yellow card to
1: monarchs until the 93rd minute when it's essentially a ceremonial card how velazquez doesn't even get a yellow for that is just beyond me and there were a couple other challenges that could have been called cards probably should have been called cards where they we're not given. And I just don't understand that. I don't understand how USL officiating can be so inconsistent, but that's always a conversation we're going to have on here. It seems. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yes, it is. Uh, Final, final moments of the match. Uh, Didier Drogba gets a token appearance in the 85th smart move by uh, Patrice Carterone to get Amadou Dia off the field, especially uh, you know, with everything going on at that point of the match, but nice to see Drogba get a get a token appearance for a few minutes. Uh, you know, then you talked, you know, you talked a little earlier, Matt, about uh, Jason Johnson getting another shot. Boy, he had a great shot in the 88th. Uh, Sparrow made a great save, uh, was able to corral the rebound and try to uh, get around the defender and, and throw a second shot on net, but it just went uh, a little bit over the top. Then Real Monarchs gets its only shot on goal in the match in the 89th minute. Sebastian Velasquez gets a shot on goal. Jason Cohen makes a nice uh, near post save. Uh, we see, uh, Matt Watson come in late. Uh, the interesting little, little, uh, exchange with, uh, Didier Drogba on the sideline there towards the end as well. Uh, uh, you know, issue with the, uh, the, the throw in late that, uh, uh, Real Monarchs kept moving up and up the field, and Drogba kind of stands his ground and says, "No, you need to move back." It was quite interesting that uh, he kind of got away with almost getting a yellow card there, but but you know, you know the the yellow ended up getting picked up by the Salt Lake player. So uh, we'll take that, and at least Drogba won't be suspended for the next match for picking up that fifth yellow. But
0: oh, could you imagine if he would have picked up a yellow there? That place would have erupted.
2: Oh, that oh that. Oh, that would have that place would have gone nuts if that had happened but uh, but you know thankful thankfully he didn't pick it up so and then uh, time runs out uh, a huge two nothing win uh, three of the the biggest points that, that I I know that a lot of people probably didn't expect were coming. I mean we all talked last week on the podcast saying we'll be we'll be thrilled with a draw out of this match and take that on the road but boy. You can take three points against the top of the West heading out on this four game, 14 day road trip. So this to the Pacific Northwest and, and guys, I don't know of a better team in form right now than this Phoenix rising club.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's uh, like we were saying eight unbeaten, great time to be a fan. Um, I don't know where else to go right now. That was probably our best win of the season. And
0: yeah, I don't even know how this is the same team we were watching four months ago. Yeah, I mean it's just incredible the changes we've seen. Um, you know, it's uh, being able to take down the the top of the Western Conference. I mean that's a that's a big accomplishment, and you know that should put the uh, rest of the the USL on notice that you know Phoenix is a serious uh, competitor. So you got to watch out for them, especially as we get closer to this uh, playoff.
2: Yep, that it is. Well, after the game, I had an opportunity to uh, talk to Patrice Carterone and Sam Hamilton and Jason Johnson, and here are their comments following last night's match against Real Madrid.
3: This has got to be huge. You get three huge points against the top of the table, Western Conference.
4: Yeah, really, I'm uh, I'm happy about our game tonight. Uh, from uh, from the first minute to the last minute, uh, few mistakes, but uh, really, what? Uh, what a great atmosphere! What a fantastic spirit in the team. We did play so well. We had many, uh, many opportunities to score. We were strong defensively, uh, and we we change uh, we changes from uh, some few player, but uh, everybody uh, is giving his best. Once again, I do repeat that uh, the spirit right now in the team is absolutely fantastic. Players are working hard, step by step. Now it's uh, eight eight game undefeated, and. Uh, what we want is to go, as you know, uh, we want to go for the first time to uh, to the playoff, and I think we are uh, we are on the good way right now. It was important for us to have uh, a good result tonight because uh, now we have uh, many games away to play, so it will be hard every three days. But uh, once again, congratulations to, to the boys. They, they were fantastic tonight.
3: Talk about the defensive effort. I mean, 45 minutes, you don't give up a shot in the first half. You really don't give a shot up until maybe close to the 80th minute. Talk about the effort of your defense tonight and how how impressive they were. Yeah,
4: you know, I have very good boys. When I first came, we knew that uh, the defensive aspect was, uh, we had many problems in defense, of course, because no clinching, many opportunities for the opponent, but uh, the players were absolutely fantastic. They did accept to work so hard. Day after day, we we have spent, uh, we spend a lot of time together, video, individual works, and uh, step by step, uh, we are getting stronger. So they, diver- they deserve those results, and um, I'm really happy for, for Berke, the president, also. He, he loves his team, he loves the Phoenix Rising, and I'm so happy right now that uh, many fans come, uh, came to, to support us tonight, and uh, for us to see that the team is progressing, I hope they had a lot of pleasure watching the game tonight, but once again, uh, it's, a, it's a fantastic moment for us. We have to, we have to enjoy and to recover because, uh, as I just said, we have uh, four games on a row
3: now, and uh, I know it's going to be difficult, so three very important points. Obviously, uh, Real Madrid had a lot of possession in this game, but you were able to exploit whatever mistakes they were able to make quickly. What were you able to see on the film that made you believe that this team could exploit them so easily? I know it took me a few
4: weeks to find exactly uh, the best uh, strategy for our team and I think uh, we had a lot of defensive problems, we were not that strong also offensively so I decided about, uh, I finally found this system with two line of four that is working uh, quite well right now. Most of the players feel very good in this system and uh, we are getting stronger uh, game after game. Physically also we have been working really hard and uh, I'm happy that now most of the players can uh, can run much more than what they were
3: doing uh, when I first came. And you talked about it earlier. You go on this four-game road trip now, which is very huge, very important to come away with as many points as possible. Now that you're going to lose those games in hand that you have had all this time, how do you how do you keep the boys motivated? How do you keep them going through this stretch of so many games and so many days? Every day, I want them to realize
4: that what they're doing is great, but. Uh, the key, I told them at the halftime that I was so proud about the first half they did, but uh, before the game, at the halftime, every time I do repeat them that until uh, and every time if we are that humble, if we accept to to play with this heart, to give on the field, to give to football, to give to our fans, I'm sure that anything can happen and, uh, and only positive things can happen. Of course we can have bad days, it happens in football, but I'm so proud that our fans see that uh, Phoenix Rising, uh, as players that give the best on the field and I'm happy that the the fans who are coming to, to watch the games they can see that we are fighting no matter the result, no matter the final issue, but we are giving uh, everything for them to be proud of us.
3: You talk about Sam getting his his first goal of the season, obviously having the struggles that he's had in Colorado to come down here and yeah. to, to put some big minutes together for you.
4: Yeah, we did, uh, we're happy to have this loan from this young player, he was not playing in Colorado, but. Uh, we, we kept an eye on, on him, and uh, we were happy to have him on loan. He's a, he's a fantastic player, very good technically, running a lot on the field, good activity. He's just the kind of player who needs to uh, to play some games to, to show that he deserves first, and uh, and also that uh, he's a great player. I'm really proud of him tonight. Any
5: yeah. you know, quite a few uh, injuries.
3: Any uh, word on how long it will be for Sean ray Phillips or for Ramage?
4: You know, right now, the player feels are feeling confident, about uh, when I ask them if they are 100% they, they just, uh, they just tell me the truth. They play uh, three games last week. Peter played three games, and Sean played three games. They are getting old. They are fantastic, but getting old, so we have to pay attention. They were not 100%. It's really uh, few. Uh, they had few pains. Uh, they, they were a little bit tense, but nothing really, uh, really important.
3: They will be ready for Wednesday.
5: Thank you.
3: Obviously a struggle to find minutes in Colorado, you come down here, you've got some good minutes here. How do you feel getting your first goal down here?
5: Oh, It feels amazing. And You know, I think I've been working a long time to, to get playing time to go go a whole year without getting minutes and then get down here and uh, still have to earn that playing time and finally get it. It just it feels great, man.
3: Talk about the adjustment coming from Colorado down to here, obviously the heat playing an issue, but up there it's, it's different as far as the altitude goes. How
5: have you been able to adjust as, as you've been here such a short period of time? Yeah, I mean, when, when I got down here, the heat hit me pretty hard, to, to be honest. But overall, the guys have welcomed me into the group, got a great attitude and atmosphere in, in the locker room. And I think that's ultimately pushed me into getting minutes and helping the team. And you've, seen, you've seen time in a holding mid. You've seen time more of an
3: attacking mid. Um, preferences to one or the other, or just feel like fitting in wherever. Yeah, I mean, whatever's asked of me, I'll, I'll do It doesn't matter. Obviously, it's a big road trip coming up with four games, playing in 14
5: days. You're playing every three or four days. How do you stay fit throughout this whole period? I think you just being smart and making sure you're doing the right things for your body, getting sleep and eating the right foods, and, you know, you'll be good. Right. Your thoughts on the combination of the young and veteran players of this team? How does it mesh, and are you able to fit into that scenario? Oh, it's awesome. We've got great veterans. You know, those, those are the guys that are driving the locker room and creating the atmosphere and training to make sure everybody's being accountable and doing the right things, and I'm just grateful to have those guys, and they they push the younger guys every single day, so it's great.
6: Hi.
3: Obviously, another huge goal for you tonight. Uh, what did you see on your goal? Uh,
6: to be honest, it was a reaction, you know? Uh, obviously, I saw my own Cody going down the flank. Uh, it was a great run by him, to be honest, and um, I knew he only had what? One, one, um, one chance to score it, um, to spare it. Um, my job was, a forward to get in the box. I mean. but, um, it was a great ball, to be honest. Right behind the defender where most players would like it. And um, just put the foot on it. You know? I mean, obviously, you had
3: played a lot of minutes, you know, in the past week. Yeah. You know, on, on the games coming in tonight as a sub. Obviously, huge points against top of the Western Conference table. You know, obviously, it's got
6: to give you guys a real big boost as you head out on the road. Um, I mean, if you look over the past, I mean, 12... 13 games. You see the steps that the team has um, progressed to, and um, I think um, tonight is just one of those steps you see. And uh, you saw, and um, hopefully a couple more steps before the playoffs comes on. Yeah. What is what is it that
3: that has turned this around for you so much? I mean, is it was was it was it the game in Reno? Was it? You know, something
6: else that's happened on the field recently that, that you've just been clicking so um, much? I mean, yes, to some extent, uh, personally, just having a, a one-on-one um, moment with myself. And uh, a, lo- um, a lot of times the coaching staff don't get a lot of recognition about but for the past for the past couple months, the um, the staff has worked um, brilliantly with us, uh, fitness, um, a little confidence here and there where key, um, players are locked. So I, I give... I give the coaching staff a huge um, applaud to that. And I uh, and thank you. Talk, everybody talk. in public to <laughs> so them. Yeah.
3: Talk, talk about the back line and how they have been so solid in yeah. this this run of these last eight games.
6: Yes, definitely. Uh, and I think that starts from the forward, to be honest. Uh, everybody playing their own arm, their, arm, their, arm, their arm, entire role of defending, uh, tracking back runners. I, I just think it's hard work, you know, that little extra boost that every player is giving right now. And it's working for us, uh, hopefully. And, I, and I'm sure the, the guys will keep on doing this till the next seven, seven, eight games, I think we have, yeah. Four games in 14 days. How do you guys get through this stretch? Uh, as a team, you know, as you see, uh, the players that start tonight, um, DDA didn't start and the and the game that was played that like, you, you could see from the first 10 minutes that we had the game um, in our control. So I just think, it's, it's a really deep squad we have here, and um, the coaches are very smart enough to know what they're doing. So it'll be a fine. It'll be fine. Yeah. Definitely. Good. 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 Thanks, Jason.
2: And there were the comments of Patrice Carterone and Sam Hamilton and Jason Johnson. Some great comments there, especially from Patrice Carterone talking about the depth of this club. As as we all know, the biggest road trip of the year is is upon us. The biggest uh, 14 days this club will see. And uh, you know, as we go forward. Guys, we could have a chance to clinch on this road trip. How cool would that be to be able to clinch a a playoff spot You know, playing these matches on the road and getting the most important points that this franchise will will ever see?
1: When you put it that way, it is pretty incredible. And there's no reason we shouldn't get a lot of these points. Um, Starting with our match against Seattle on Wednesday. Um, Matt, I'm sure you have some
0: stuff to talk about regarding that match. This is the the beginning of the Cascadia trip that we've been talking about on this podcast since uh, beginning of the season. Kept saying, "Hey, things are gonna we're gonna have some easier matches coming up." And well, we also didn't anticipate that our team would be this strong either. Really, I mean, there's been a lot of improvements, so it just makes these three matches uh, even more winnable. I mean, you can't get complacent, but it, they're definitely winnable. Next match will be on Wednesday, away at Seattle Sounders too. So Seattle is currently with a record of nine wins, 15 losses, and four draws. A negative 14 goal differential, 31 points, 11th in the West. Uh, their current form is a win, two losses, and two draws. You know, it looks like um, we have the roster depth. So, you know, I don't have too many concerns with this match. What are your guys' thoughts?
2: Now we go back to... You know, the last time these two teams met, September 2nd, it was a 2-0 uh, win for Phoenix Rising at home. It was goals from Amadou Dia and Jason Johnson late. Uh, that gave us three huge points. Uh, Seattle's coming in off of a, uh, I, I guess if you look at it in terms of Seattle, it's a good draw. If you look at it in terms of Colorado Springs, it's a bad draw. You know, Wingo got things started for for Seattle in the 21st minute. Uh, Jones able to equalize for Colorado Springs at the end of the first half. But, you know, for, for Colorado Springs not to walk away with three points there was huge. You know, for Seattle, yeah, it helps them in their stretch. But, you know, I, I think we've all talked, and, and Seattle's probably just on that outside edge looking in right now the playoffs. I mean, granted, they still have, you know, similar games left you know, as Colorado Springs and and Oklahoma city and, and, and orange County, as far as, you know, numbers go. But, you know, I think time is running out for Seattle and it's just, you know, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what we run up against on Wednesday night.
1: Yeah. And a couple players to watch, uh, Tyler Miller will probably get the starting goal. I remember him being tough for us to beat in the last match for most of that match. Um, you know, up in midfield. Aaron Kovar gets a lot of run for them. Uh, Zach Mathers gets a lot of game time for them. You know, them being an MLS 2 team, some of these guys might be up with the first string squad. But if they are in the lineup, these will be tough guys for us to deal with. And then, yeah, I mean, they have some talent, but you have to like our chances to get out of there with three points,
0: especially if we play anywhere like, we've been playing lately yep definitely agree there and then after so that seattle match will be on wednesday evening so uh wednesday the 20th at 7 30 p.m then phoenix will have another away match uh a few days later on sunday at 3 p.m vancouver is already eliminated from playoff contention uh they are currently sitting in 14th place in the western conference with five wins 14 losses eight draws uh negative 13 goal differential current form is uh Two draws, two losses, and a win, and their win was against uh, Los Dos. Um, so again, shouldn't be too big of an issue for Phoenix, given their roster depth that we have. I mean, we saw that during the last uh, stretch where we had three matches within a week. Uh, the depth was really, really a key key part of our our success. So um, I would expect to see the same same success on these road trips. Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on the Vancouver uh, matchup?
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean. Uh... You know, the last time these two teams met was back in June. That was the first time that, uh, that Didier Drogba had, had seen the pitch uh, at home, scoring his first goal of the season uh, in that match. Also, uh, Sean Wright Phillips getting the winner uh, on that low low screamer shot uh, late in the 77th, uh, giving given Phoenix the 2-1 win there. I mean, obviously, you've got to watch out for Marco Bustos for, for – uh, for Vancouver, seven goals on the season. Uh, you know, you, you're going to get a, a shot at either seeing Spencer Ritchie or Sean Melvin in the net for for Vancouver. But like you said, they really don't have a lot to play for at this point. They're they're trying to be spoilers. Um, but but like I, I agree with you, Matt. I mean, the the depth of this team is shown, and when you can sit there and throw out, you know, we talked about the the last time they had this kind of Wednesday Sunday setup. You know, Wednesday you throw out one lineup and, and three days later you can come back and make eight changes, you know, like they did at, at, against Colorado Springs. And, and when you can do that and come out of there with a big, you know, road victory there, I don't see any problem of being able to come out of, you know, out of this weekend with six points very easily.
1: I don't know about very easily, but hopefully we can get six and at least four.
0: All right, so that's going to do it for our preview for next week's uh, away matches. Um, we're going to go ahead and get into the USL scores. Uh, Jeff, Dominic, do you want to give us some uh, some highlights of past weekend?
2: Yeah, we'll get into scores for this week. Uh, starting off on Tuesday, uh, Harrisburg and FC Cincinnati played to a 1-1 draw. On Wednesday night, uh, San Antonio got a big one nothing victory that helps us in the Western Conference uh, over Orange County. It was a Ben Newnham goal uh, 10 minutes into the second half that gave San Antonio three big points uh, going forward as they try to uh, get towards the top of the Western Conference standings. Uh, you know, a, a big win for them. Uh, obviously... Sets themselves up for a good stretch run. Um, Friday it was uh, Louisville and Bethlehem playing to a 2-2 draw. Uh, games in the East on Saturday it was Charleston one, Richmond nothing. It was Charlotte and Ottawa with a 1-1 draw. FC Cincinnati had a 4-2 win over New York. It was Harrisburg over Toronto two to one. Pittsburgh and Rochester played to a 1-1 draw, and St. Louis uh, defeated Orlando two nothing uh the only two games that were played in the west on saturday night uh here's an interesting result i mean obviously you know they're sitting a little bit below down on the table but rgv gets a big one-nothing victory over reno uh it was a billieu penalty kick on the in the 32nd minute but an interesting uh side note to this game dane kelly the uh uh, tied for the league lead in scoring, picks up a red card in the 79th minute, obviously will miss at least its next game. And depending on what uh, the red card was for, you know, could possibly see further timeout.
1: Yeah, and that's a that's a tough match for Reno fans to take because here they were trying to stay in the hunt for the top seed. Um, they fall six points now back of, of Monarchs. But more importantly, it opens the door for a Swope to catch them for the fourth seed. Um, and then, you know, maybe we can even make a run at them. I don't think it's likely that we catch them. But, you know, if you're looking at this from Reno's perspective, against a non-playoff team at this time of the year, you should be getting at least a draw there. A couple of interesting
2: things about Reno as we, as we talk about that. Uh, Reno is two goals away from setting the USL record for goals in a season. And uh, if they had won, they would have clinched a playoff spot, but they have not clinched as of yet. So they will try again next week to try to clinch a playoff spot. Uh, you know, First-year expansion team will be interesting. To, it's really interesting to see them make the playoffs. Uh, uh, good for them. Uh, final result on Saturday night, uh, Sacramento with a 2-1 vi- victory over Los Dos. Uh, interesting one here is Ethan Zubak scores 15 seconds into the game. Uh, puts Sacramento on their heels right away. Uh, quite interesting, but, uh, goals by Vasquez in the 26th and, uh, new, uh, new signee Bijev in the 61st, uh, gives Sacramento three huge points and obviously keeps, uh, Sacramento, uh, just ahead of us in the table. And obviously, you know, when we go and meet Sacramento in 2 weeks uh, up there, it is definitely going to be one of those matches that uh, could definitely uh, alter playoff seeding.
1: Yeah, and the other match that is important for playoff perspective, even though we touched on it already, uh I might go through this more just from a Colorado Springs switch uh, switchback standpoint is that 1-1 draw with Seattle 2. In Colorado Springs uh, both goals came in the first half and this is a match where obviously uh, Springs needed the win uh, both teams were really going for the win in the second half you know both keepers made some big-time saves uh, Sounders 2 had nine shots on target switchbacks had eight so that's that's a sign of a fun game a game that both teams are going for it and yet um, that's got to be a crushing Non-win for Colorado Springs, uh, because now they're now they're only they only have four matches left, and they're only one point ahead of Oklahoma City for the eight seed. By the time you're listening to this, they might not even be in the eight seed anymore. OC is only two points behind them, and you know both those teams have two matches in hand right now, so.
2: It could be the toughest loss of the season for Colorado, or toughest draw of the season for Colorado Springs, not getting three points, you know, there. It'll, it'll reflect in the standings, as we'll talk about in a moment. Um, games that are being played on Sunday before we tape uh, this, this podcast. Uh, Swill Park Rangers and San Antonio have a huge game as far as uh, seating for the top of the, uh, top of the conference. Uh, Oklahoma City and Tulsa have a big match obviously that will affect the way the standings will will look after today, as will vancouver orange county uh the last game on sunday being played obviously all three of those matches are going to be huge uh as as you wake up monday morning and look at the standings and see where everybody's sitting but but as as we hit this point and before these games are are completed matt you want to take us through where the current standings are at this point uh prior to those games
0: Real Monarchs is still holding on to first place with 56 points. Uh, it is worth mentioning, uh, you know, they have been kind of struggling in the past few weeks. It seems like since they secured their playoff position, they've been having some issues. You know, obviously the loss to San Antonio is probably pretty valid. San Antonio has been playing pretty well. Uh, but then having a draw with Timbers, too, that, that was kind of a tough one. And then we beat uh, Real Monarchs last night. So things are starting to get kind of bunched up. Top part of the table for the Western Conference. Uh, San Antonio currently in second place With 52 points Um, Interestingly they play Swope Park uh, This afternoon so They do have a chance to come within One point of Real Monarchs Uh, San Antonio is definitely a contender to Maybe steal that first place uh, Spot from Real Monarchs this season Um, And it's also worth noting that San Antonio Secured a playoff position With their win against uh, Orange County This week so um, Then we go into third place uh, Reno With 49 points 4th place is Swope Park with 45 points. 5th place is Sacramento Republic at 42 points. 6th place is Tulsa Roughnecks at 40 points. And Phoenix Rising is holding in at 7th place uh, with 40 points. A couple comments here is We finally have a positive goal differential. We've been waiting for that all season, so we're setting at a positive 2. Definitely be helpful as we get into those critical tiebreakers, perhaps, in the last few matches. And also wanted to know, out of all the teams in the USL, uh, Phoenix Rising currently has the best form, winning four out of their last five matches, and the fifth match uh, being a draw. So things are really looking good for Phoenix, and we're sitting there with you know one to two games in hand compared to everybody above us in the table. Uh, so it's a good good spot for Phoenix, and uh, you a know, good position for them to head into these last matches. And then we'll round out the top half of the table with Colorado Springs at 35 points following their draw this weekend. Um, They're kind of starting to slip in their form as well, uh, having three losses and two draws in the last five matches. In the bottom half of the table, we have Oklahoma City Energy with 34 points at ninth place. 10th place is Orange County with 33. Seattle Sounders 2 is 11th place with 31 points. Rio Grande Valley is in 12th with 31 points as well. 13th place is Los Dos with 26 points and a negative 25 goal differential. Uh, 14th is vancouver whitecaps with 30 uh, excuse me 23 points and last place is portland timbers 2 with 12 points so that'll that'll wrap it up for the current standings um and like jeff said there's uh, some some critical matches coming up this afternoon for the western conference so uh, be interesting to see how that all shakes out and where we stand uh with the top eight coming tomorrow morning so all right and that's going to do it for the current standings in the western conference Next up for discussion is the Twitter questions and uh, polls that we post sometimes during the week. Uh, Dominic, you posted one last night after the the big win against Real Monarchs. Uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about the poll, the question you had, and the results we're getting from the fans, and, and uh, if everybody's kind of on the same page there?
1: Yeah, so there's really not too much to discuss here. Uh, after a thrilling win yesterday, uh, I just asked, has this been our best win of the season? Options were either hell yes or no. And unsurprisingly, uh, the hell yeses have it uh, by a pretty convincing margin. I think right now the poll numbers, and let me pull them up right now, but it was getting over 90% yes. Now it's 89% yes, 11% no. I'm I'm thinking the only other competition for that would be maybe the 3-1 over Sacramento a couple weeks ago, maybe the 2-0 at Los Tos, but I that was a phenomenal match yesterday so i think you know where my vote is i was on the yes side um yeah just a fun one the poll should still be open for a few more hours so uh well actually by the time you're listening it won't be open but you can still see the results so i mean that's that's all there is to it everyone is for the most part very on board that this was
0: a phenomenal win yes that it was all right, guys, well, I think that's going to do it. So we're going to go ahead and get into our uh, final thoughts before we wrap up the show. Um, Jeff, do you want to go ahead and lead us off with your final thoughts for the week?
2: Yeah, I'll get us started off. Obviously, you know, one of the biggest wins of the season for this club against Real Monarchs. You know, one of the things we can take away from this, you know, with with as big a win as this is, you look back at the standings. Uh, some interesting things to think about with the standings. We're six points clear with games in hand against Oklahoma City, who's sitting in ninth. We're seven points clear with games in hand over Orange County. We're nine points clear of Seattle with games in hand as we go forward. I mean, you couldn't ask to be in a better position right now than where this club is at. Eight games unbeaten, a wonderful string they've put together. The defense is solid, whether it's Ramage, whether it's Mala. We've seen uh, – Vasquez and Wakasa just bloom in the back and it and what you know we we were hard on them at the beginning of the season but boy have they really gotten adjusted to Patrice Carterone's system the depth is going to be huge as this road trip looms I mean we've talked we've talked this road trip till we're blue in the face it's here now I mean You know, you're going to, you know, you may not have a Sean Wright Phillips at the beginning of this trip. You may not have a Ramage at the beginning of this trip. You may not have, you know, even a Chris Cortez who got really banged up last night at the beginning of this trip, but Didier Drogba is back. You've got Gladson Waka, who's been introduced into this lineup and can play that center midfield role. You've got Sam Hamilton, that can play two or three different positions in the midfield. You've get, you've seen the emergence now of Amadou Dia as a as a midfield attacker on the, on the left hand side and be able to move uh, Alessandro Regi over to the right, and to have that luxury and to have Jason Johnson doing as well and being in in as great form as he's been in, and guys. It, it, you can't be in a better mood right now about this club than you are. And you can't feel, but know that this road trip could be the key to clinching a playoff spot. And I know we're jumping the gun here, but, but, but guys, I think nine points on this trip, I think guarantees us a playoff spot.
1: Yeah. I mean, if we can get there, uh, why not? Uh, My final point is, this team just continues to exceed my expectations. And I think a lot of our expectations. At the beginning of the season, it was really the ownership doing it. Um, just being so open with fans. Giving us the opportunity to get very affordable season tickets. And try to make the experience as good as it could be. You know, Also uh, submitting the MLS bid. And just in general, doing all the small things the right way. Uh, but in the second half of the season, it's really become the players now. First Didier Drogba coming in, and then the head coach. And then the continued international signings we've been bringing in. Many uh, going into Carterone's roots and other players' roots from Africa and the Caribbean uh, to bring in guys like Amadou Dia, to bring in guys like Gladstone Wako, to bring in guys like Duji Mala, who are already making a difference. Uh, and now... Our results on the field continue to stunt me. I mean, I when, when we were doing that projections episode a few weeks ago, I was the one out of us three that was the most pessimistic, but even I had us going 51 points, which at the time sounded like a big ask when we were at 30. Well, now we're at 40 already, and we still have seven matches left. So, it, I mean, they're already in a good position to blow my projection out of the water. Uh, the, the way it's looking right now I think we could beat anyone in USL and I don't mean that to be cocky or anything it's just the way that we're controlling matches being so direct when we get chances and with the form that guys like Jason Johnson um, you know Awako the entire back four with the form that we've all been in there's no reason we can't beat teams so I think talking about the exceeding expectations at the start of the year we were thinking okay we got to at least make the playoffs it looks like we're already going to exceed that expectation if we end up in a 4-5 matchup you got to love our chances against Swope and then after that if we can get Real Monarchs in the second round even if it's in Salt Lake I have to think we have at least 50-50 odds for that match Uh, the two teams that really worry me right now are San Antonio and Reno but I mean, with this form, let's give it a shot. I think we could beat anyone. So it's just been a season of, you know, having our expectations exceeded
0: by all parties, and uh, it continued yesterday. Well said, Dominic. I would uh, definitely second those opinions and thoughts there. Um, It has been uh, quite a season so far and turned out much better than any of us probably could have uh, anticipated. Um, So my final thoughts... I talked about it earlier. I mean, that back line, just, I just got to say it again, how, how impressed I, I have been with the improvements over that the past, you know, five weeks or so, um, especially the last two, three weeks. They've, they've been so solid back there. Um, you know, and that just kind of goes to tell you how well the training is here in Phoenix. You know, you look at some of these uh, signings we had later in the season, midseason, Awako, um, Sam Hamilton, Mala, all these guys are really starting to step up for us. Um, So, you know, it's great to see that kind of paying off for us. And then the other aspect, too, is some of these players that, uh, you know, have been on the team since the beginning of the season and have really developed significantly. I mean, look at Johnson, Wakasa, Dia, just for example. You know, there's plenty of other that I could name, but just for those as examples, um, the development has really improved them greatly and has really made a strong Phoenix Rising team and we've talked about it too, the the depth of the, of the roster is phenomenal. So that's really good for us. Uh, my last comment is, uh, I just kind of wanted to touch on the, the referee topic a little bit. I'm, I don't want to beat that one too much. I mean, you know, it's it's not new for us to have questionable officiating with the USL matches we've seen. Uh, not just Phoenix Rising matches, uh, any other USL match, and it's there's even been calls uh, missed against Phoenix, so it's it goes both ways. Um, but... Kudos to Phoenix Rising for putting themselves in a position to where bad officiating doesn't cost them the game. I mean, how many times previously in the season have we seen that where we've had last-minute, late calls, bad calls, or no calls that kind of cost us points? Um, So, you know, I I see this as a really positive sign that we're able to get out there early, get a controlling lead, and put ourselves in a position where we're not threatened by um, a mistake or just a blatant bad call. Just all around, a lot of good things we're seeing. Continue that uh, momentum going forward into this away uh, stretch. I mean, we have the next four matches are away. So um, that that's it for my final thoughts, um, and I think that's going to wrap it up for this show. Uh, we want to take a minute just to tell you guys thanks for listening to our podcast. And if you do like our podcast, please remember to uh, take a second to go rate us on iTunes. We definitely appreciate any feedback that you could provide. Uh, if you have any questions or comments, feel free to contact us on Twitter at Rising Pod. And that'll do it. Go Rising. Thanks for listening. Go Rising. Go Rising.